We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. minutes a day 365 days a year this is the pack a day podcast What's happening, Packer fans? Welcome into the Pack-A-Day podcast. I'm your host, Andy Herman. You can follow me on Twitter at AndyHermanNFL. Once again, we have plenty to discuss. We've got the Packers figuring out where they're going to play week one during the season with not being able to play in New Orleans. We've got a practice squad completely set. There were waiver claims, none that really affected the Packers, but there was a lot going on once again on Wednesday. So let's break it all down here today on the Pack-A-Day podcast. If you're not subscribed already, please make sure to do so. If you're not following on Twitter, you can follow on Twitter at Pack-A-Day podcast. You can follow me at Andy Herman NFL. But let's start off right away with where Green Bay is going to be playing in week one. Of course, not able to play in New Orleans. There were the rumors that maybe it was going to be in Dallas, but it sounds like that wasn't going to work because of a conflict. Concert. There were rulings, but you know, or the I guess the rule by the NFL is that they had to play in an NFL stadium. So kudos to the New Orleans Saints. They tried to do their homework a little bit and figure out where it would be hardest for Packer fans to get to. It sounds like they had a few different options and they were, you know, did their research to try to figure out, you know, where Green Bay couldn't get to or where it was going to be most expensive or hardest to get to. And they came up with Jacksonville, Florida. Well, Kudos for trying, Saints, but unfortunately, the Green Bay Packers and their fans travel literally everywhere, and they will find a way to be at that game, I guarantee you, especially with it being basically a neutral site game. I guarantee you there are going to be tickets for sale, and Packer fans will find them and eat them up. So Packer fans, you know what to do. Find those tickets, fill up that stadium. I believe our very own Sarah Kelleher is going to be there, so uh, that's at least one down, but we've got a full stadium to fill. So make sure if you know somebody to tell them to get to Jacksonville uh, to fill up that stadium with Packer fans. I know that's going to be the case one way or the other, uh, but I think that's you know a solid result for for Green Bay. I know some people were a little bit concerned about you know the heat and humidity. You know playing a you know what three thirty uh, p.m. game you know three thirty Central before thirty Eastern uh, game in the heat of Jacksonville sounds like it could be around ninety degrees. I, I, you know, I get that, and and certainly the the Saints players living in New Orleans have a little bit of an advantage there, but. For those of you who have been in Green Bay, I'm not saying that this is Southern heat, right? But like 
there's been a lot of humidity in Green Bay, as there always is during the summer. The heat at 90 degrees, it certainly is going to be a factor, but I think it's going to affect both teams. And I certainly think Green Bay will be used to the humidity just coming from the summer in Green Bay. So I think you'd rather have that early in the season than, you know, be used to 40 degree weather, 30 degree, 20 degree weather in Green Bay, and then have to go play in 85 degree humid weather. So I think it's going to be okay. And I think that's a, a solid result. And no matter what, like, you can't complain about it, right? This is still way better than having to play in New Orleans with their crowd. Like that, that would obviously be worse. So this is a win for Green Bay, and uh, you'll, you know, wherever they wanted to play it, it you know, not in New Orleans was going to be a bonus. And I think playing in Jacksonville will certainly be a bonus for Green Bay. As kind of the day went on, that was kind of the thing that we found out first. Then everyone was kind of keeping an eye on waiver claims. No Green Bay Packers that were released in the recent days were claimed by other teams. And the Packers may have put in claims on players, but because they're so far down in the pecking order, either they didn't put in claims or they were not awarded any players. So they weren't Again, they weren't awarded any players off of waivers, which meant their same 53 that they put together on Tuesday is still the 53 as I'm recording this at, I guess, very early on Thursday morning. So no real news there. I think this is a always a good case study and don't overvalue the guys that are at the bottom of your roster, right? Again, and as I've stated over the course of the last few days, like, there, you know, there's what 30, not even probably like 20 ish players that were claimed total. So of all those guys that are released from 80 to 53, so what 27 per team times 32 teams over the last day, basically, there was like 20 of those guys that were claimed. They're just not a ton. And, and Brian Gutekunst went over that in, in pretty good detail, just saying, you know, it's not always easy, you know, to, to claim players. Or maybe it was LaFleur. I forget which one it was. It might have been LaFleur, but it's not quite as easy to, to claim guys as, as you may think. And of, of course, you don't know, you know, the culture that they're coming from, what type of, you know, person that they are, how they're going to affect the locker room. So, you know, you're, you know much more about the guys that are in your locker room and they've been practicing with you, most of them since OTAs, mini camps, et cetera. And many of them for the last few years. So there are at least a couple years. So, you know, there's a lot that goes into that. And again, it's just a good reminder that, yeah, you might be afraid of losing a guy or two, but for the most part, your guys probably aren't getting claimed and you're probably going to be able to get most of them back in the practice squad, which is exactly what happened in Green Bay. Um, the only, then we had kind of the press conferences, uh, Brian Gutekunst, and then eventually Matt LaFleur. I think the only, you know, major noteworthy thing there, one, you know, Brian said that, you know, they've had good conversations with Aaron Rodgers as of late, which is, of course is always a positive sign, but, you know, talked about Hunter Bradley. Uh, Bill Huber asked the question uh, about Hunter and, and some of the missed snaps and practice and things like that. And he, he didn't have a great practice, but uh, Brian, you know, gave Hunter Bradley a vote of confidence, said in games he's been good, only maybe had a handful of snaps that were errant um, in his career in Green Bay so far. So it very much seems like they are going to be sticking with Hunter Bradley. Um, Zach Cruz put together, uh, of Packers Wire, put together a list of long snappers that were released from other teams at final cutdowns that maybe Green Bay could take a look at. But um, from all uh, intentions so far, it seems like Hunter Bradley will be the long snapper going into camp. So two thirds of that, you know, kicking unit from snapper to holder to kicker will be intact. Hunter Bradley, the snapper, Mason Crosby, the kicker, of course, JK Scott gone at punter. So there will be the change there. But uh, overall, again, a vote of confidence for Hunter Bradley from Brian Gutekunst. Let's get to the main topic though. And that of course was the, the practice squad. 
They added 16 players to the practice squad. 15 of them were players that were just recently released off the practice squad or off the 80-man roster. One of them, Chris Blair, I believe was released a little bit prior to that, if memory serves correct. I don't think he was on the 80-man roster. But in total, uh, they get 16 of their guys back, including Abdullah Anderson, Kirk Benkert, Chris Blair, Ben Braden, Jacob Capra, KB Anento, Innis Gaines, Tipanaliai, Bronson Kafusi, JJ Molson, Willington Prevalon, EQ, Patrick Taylor, Cole Van Lannan, Ray Wilborn, and Juwan Winfrey. So a really good group of players. I want, I'm not going to touch on all 16. I don't think that's going to do anyone any favors, but uh, I do want to go over a couple. I think the first you know, noteworthy omission from that group was Christian Uphoff. And Listen, it's been clear from day one of minicamps, OTAs, etc., that Christian Uphoff on the safety depth chart was behind basically everyone else. He was behind Will Redmond, who went on IR. He was behind Henry Black. He was behind Vernon Scott. He was behind Innes Gaines. He was last on that safety depth chart. Now, that being said, he also made some really big plays on special teams. And as you're looking at that very you know last roster spot, I thought based on how he played on special teams that he was going to get that roster spot over Innis Gaines. It turns out they don't go with either Gaines or um, you know or Christian Uphoff, and they stick with just Henry Black, Vernon Scott, and of course the two starters. Uh, but I thought for sure he would be back on the practice squad. Now it is worth noting here that this is a two-way street, right? Just because he was released and not claimed does not mean that Green Bay just gets free reign to put anyone they want back on the practice squad. The player has to be a willing participant too. And I don't have inside information. I don't know anything. I don't know if Christian Uphoff wanted to explore the market and see if he could find another team or if Green Bay just said, hey, we're not, we're, you know, we're going in a different direction and we're not interested. Um, he is not as of end of day Wednesday on any other team's practice squad. So it's not like he had something else just immediately lined up, which leads me to believe that this was a Green Bay decision, but we don't totally know that for sure. And again, maybe he had, you know, you know, maybe he had offers elsewhere that he's weighing. Maybe he had uh, an injury that he wanted to kind of, you know, work out. Who knows, right? There's a variety of different things here, but either way, semi-surprising that Christian Uphoff is not back on the roster. I think some good news here, Ben Braden does get back on the roster. And again, he he gets released. I, I still think the most shocking thing of, of the cutdowns for Green Bay was Jake Hansen over Ben Braden, especially after Braden was competing for that starting spot. But what, what a great result for the Packers to be able to get Braden back on the practice squad. Ben Fennell tweeted out he was surprised that Braden didn't get claimed somewhere. Like, and he made a great point, right? Offensive line play throughout the league is struggling and, and the depth of offensive line is usually really, really bad once you get down to that eighth, ninth guy. The fact that Ben Braden isn't the eighth or ninth best lineman on most teams is is surprising, or at least ninth or 10th, right? So definitely surprising, but great news for Green Bay that they get him back uh, to be able to you know add more depth to that offensive line. They got Cole Van Landen back as well. So they, they really were able to basically bring back the entirety of their offensive line, which was great news. And I, again, I thought there was you know, a real chance that he was going to get claimed. Instead, he doesn't. He sticks on the roster. Equinemia St. Brown, another one, right? This is a player that knows Matt LaFleur's system, that is familiar with Aaron Rodgers, that has played snaps within this offense. And a, a lot of his not making the team was just health this offseason and and maybe not really taking that next step forward, right? He's had a few seasons, uh, both under Mike McCarthy and two under Matt LaFleur to show what he's capable of. I think at this point, we know what EQ is, but there, 
that's not a bad player, right? And it's somebody, again, that knows the system, is familiar with Aaron, that knows Aaron's checks. Having that guy as your seventh receiver on your practice squad has a lot of value. Again, we know that there's going to be injuries, offensive line, receiver, whatever. Having guys like EQ, Ben Braden on that roster, uh, on that practice squad roster for now, could definitely pay dividends down the line. And then I think another one, Jawan Winfrey, right? This is another player who was really... Of, of OTAs, mini camps, and the first few days of training camp, maybe even first week of training camp, was arguably the talk of training camp. The buzz of training camp was Juwan Winfrey. I think very telling that he was not released with an injury designation, which meant he had to have been very close to returning. He signs back on the practice squad. Hopefully he can pick up where he you know left off and go throughout this season, maybe provide some you know depth at wide receiver. Now, Granted, if you're getting to Juwan Winfrey after the six guys currently on your roster and EQ on the practice squad, uh, you know you don't want to be getting down that deep. But having a guy like Juwan Winfrey and just having somebody that has that potential and was was really starting to to show what he was capable of. What you're looking for is next season. As all these wide receivers are free agents next year, you're probably going to have to make a tough decision on Randall Cobb, which probably ends up not being that tough if we're being honest. Devonte Adams is going to be like. There's a lot of questions at wide receiver on this team. Uh, Jawan Winfrey being back and being under team control next year um, could be a guy that's definitely competing for one of those back end roster spots a season from now. We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. And lastly, Kirk Benker, right? This is just, again, a tremendous story throughout camp. He showed, again, I said he has a little bit of Jeff Garcia to him, right? Just that gamer mentality, figures out ways to to maybe move the chains and make some throws where you wouldn't exactly expect it out of him. Not a high-end prospect, which is why he doesn't stick on the 53 or get claimed anywhere else. You know, he's his age starting to play against him. This is his fourth year in the league, not a laser rocket arm, not insanely mobile, or at least like a 4-4-40 guy. So there's limited upside here, but certainly a really great guy to have in your court quarterback room and a really great number three quarterback where, um, again, he's just going to go out there and compete. I don't think totally different than, you know, what a Matt Flynn would bring to the table, right? From, from a handful of seasons back, probably way more than that now. Uh, time is flying, I guess, but um, I, I think he can have a, a similar type of career arc to to a Matt Flynn um, if he gives you know gets the opportunity. Maybe maybe not throwing six touchdowns in a game and getting a huge contract from Seattle out of it, but I think he can be that type of quarterback, and I think that's a great number three quarterback to have. So great on on Green Bay for for getting him back as well. 
The only other noteworthy one I think is J.J. Molson. And I think it's noteworthy because not certainly standard practice to keep a second kicker on your practice squad. Now, when you have 16 guys, you have a little bit more flexibility. Um, There could be games where they activate him from the practice squad to be the the kickoff guy if it's going to be maybe a cold weather game or if they think special teams is you know going to be uh, an issue if the team's got a great kick return or something like that but more importantly I think this just goes to show you that they feel really strongly about Molson who had a really nice camp and I tweeted this out and nobody likes it I don't like talking about it either but for all the players that are on a last dance, this could very well be Mason Crosby's last dance as well. And again, I hope Mason Crosby can play into his 60s, right? And But eventually father time catches up to everyone, apparently, except Tom Brady. Uh, but you know, he's getting up there in age. There's money to be saved next year on his contract where Green Bay is going to have to pen, you know, pinch every penny that they can. And if they feel strongly about a younger kicker, you know, next year when they kind of have probably a bit of a rebuild, that could be the year where you make that change. If he goes all all season on the practice squad and makes it into camp next year, you have to think that there's a strong possibility that Molson makes it out of camp next year as the kicker. And again, not only that, not only is this a last dance from maybe Green Bay side of things, Mason Crosby could retire too. So Green Bay hedging, uh, you know, hedging their kicker position a little bit by having Molson in camp uh, or on the practice squad throughout the season. I think that was a, a smart move, especially based on how he kicked. I honestly was a little bit surprised with the Lions, kick, you know, cutting both of their kickers. I thought the Lions were going to claim him. Uh, they went with a different kicker, but uh, great news for Green Bay that he's back and we'll see how things kind of work from there. Um, as far as ever, you know, the roster goes, and I kind of made mention of this, you know, the other day, you know, when you've got a 53 man roster and a 16 man practice squad, you're getting 69 of your 80 guys back. And for the most part, that's what happened unless I'm miscounting somewhere. Uh, and I, it's not simple math, right? Cause you had guys go on pup and you had, you know, uh, a punter traded in, you had uh, a practice squad guy that, that came in. Uh, but I believe there's a total of 11 players that, did not come back to the roster in some capacity. So these 11, Christian Uphoff, as we talked about, J.K. Scott, Reggie Begleton, Koi Kronk, Stephen Denmark, or Stephen Denmark, uh, Dejon Harris, Damon Hazelton, Carlo Kemp, uh, Dexter Williams, Rogesterman Ferris, and Delonte Scott. Those are the players who were on the 80-man roster who are not now on the Packers roster in any capacity. So only 11 guys and I don't think there's anyone that you're like, wow, that's a like J.K. Scott. They up they, the hope is that they upgraded there, right? Reggie Begleton again. When you've got six guys on the active roster, and then EQ and Winfrey as your seventh and eighth on the practice squad, like you don't need nine receivers, right? And, and Begleton was clearly a step behind those other two guys that went to the practice squad. And then Christian Uphoff, I think, was the only real surprise there. And, and again, who knows what happened there? But they still have four guys on the active roster and then they got Innis Gaines on the practice squad. So it's not like they're, you know, completely, you know, lost at that position either. So as we kind of look at this moving forward, those first couple of cutdowns from 90 to 85 and 85 to 80 are almost more consequential than than this, right? 10 guys cut in those two cutdowns. And again, one of those guys actually back in Chris Blair, uh, 11 guys cut in this cutdown that are not back with the team in some capacity. Overall, 
I think Green Bay deserves kudos and Brian Gutekunst deserves kudos for how he put this team together. I think he did a really great job. I mean, the Isaac Adam, um, Josh Jackson trade worked out for both teams. They both ended up changing scenery and both ended up making the 53-man roster. So that's a plus trade. That's And that, that's ideally what you want. And then, you know, Kadar Hallman, right? Brian Gutekunst trades Kadar Hallman for a guaranteed seventh round pick, not a contingent seventh round pick, but a guaranteed seventh. The Texans cut him. The Texans don't even get him back on the practice squad. He goes to the Saints practice squad. So uh, that, I mean, just awful management by the Texans, uh, but great on Brian Gutekunst for being able to pull a seventh round pick out of nowhere, which by the way, his seventh round picks have done pretty darn well. Seventh round picks have done really well, including Kylan Hill this year. So uh, that's not for nothing. And I think he, again, he, he kind of got all the guys back that he wanted. He, you know, it, it's, you look at a, a, a you know, a Ben Braden, a Kirk Bankert, some of these guys you thought would be claimed. They, they were able to release him, get him back on the practice squad. You know, maybe they made some interesting decisions with a Jake Hansen, but you know, they got all their guys back. So I, th- I thought it was a really masterful job by, by Brian Gutekunst. And I think this is a very talented 53-man roster that is having a last dance and trying to win it all with Aaron Rodgers this upcoming season. Two other really quick news and notes. Dennis Kelly returned to practice. So that's great news for the depth along the offensive line. And then Zadarius Smith, his status for week one still in the air per Matt LaFleur. That's going to do it for me. Thank you so much for joining me. We'll be right back here tomorrow with an all new episode, but until next time, and as always, go Pack Go. the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at granger we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies count on real-time product availability and fast delivery call clickgranger.com or just stop by granger for the ones who get it done